0: Quick request from me, Bill Brown to you, the listeners of this podcast. If you enjoy what you hear in these episodes and you want to support us and keep it going, then if you could go onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review. If you like it, give it a five stars. If you don't like it, give it a five stars and write us a really positive review. That really helps us get out there on search engines, make it easier for people to find us who aren't connected with us. And of course, Reach out and tell your friends about it and how much you enjoy it. Send them our way. We have a whole year of excitement uh, of episodes ahead of us. Great interviews, great content um, that we're really excited to share with everyone. And, as my daughter, Ella, says at the end of every episode, thank you so much for listening. Uh, does she say that? She actually really says, I've a big, I've a good guy. But anyway, uh, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And enjoy the next episode. Thank you so much. In this episode, you're going to hear the results of what happens when you have three friends, longtime friends, sitting in a room together, reminiscing about challenge course operations. This has probably been one of the more more fun, most fun, uh, sorry, that seems dismissive of all the other episodes, but probably one of the most fun episodes to edit. Um, it's three friends having a lot of fun together, and I think it comes across in this interview. The uh, guest presenter or guest host is is our very own rich keegan and he is chatting with jeff Duckgo and arlette cassidy so enjoy
1: well with me today is dr arlette cassidy the school psychologist here at the jenger center we'll tell you more about that can you say hello good morning all right and we also have Jeff Dutko, who's the physical education teacher, and I also call him the fun physician here at Jengris. And let me tell you a little bit about Jengris. Jengris Center is a state-approved private school at a location here on the campus of University of St. Joseph's in West Hartford. And they work with students' grades uh, excuse me, ages five through 21 who have significant intellectual and de- developmental disabilities, including autism and other related behavior challenges. Trivia has it that Jengris has been in in place for 55 years mm-hmm. and continues to be the leading, uh, the leading edge for best practices. I'm working with uh, students who certainly can't find those services in their local school systems. So, Arlette and Jeff, did I get that kind of right? Your job descriptions and what you do here at Changress?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, Of course, like every school, you're not just a physical educator or a school psychologist. You get a bunch of other hats to wear.
1: And can you tell me about one of your hats?
2: um, Let's see. We have something here called the Ministry of Fun that I'm in charge of. And uh, what we do is try to do at least one fun, out-of-the-ordinary activity for all the staff once a month.
1: All right, Minister, can you tell me about one?
2: Uh, Well, we've got something now called Message in a Bottle, where um, people can come to me and get a little bottle that has a a piece of paper rolled up in it, and two pieces of paper, actually. And so they pick a person they want to give a nice message to, and so they take it and write a message, and the second piece of paper is for that person to carry it on and send a bottle, Message in a Bottle, to someone else.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Minister. Jeff, how about you? Did I get it right? Your job description and what's going on here at Jengris?
3: Yeah, that's right. Uh, We've been over 50 years here at Jengris, and my job description now is PE teacher or gym teacher, which is a lot of fun. I started my first 12 years here as a classroom teacher. And of course, all teachers know that you wear many hats when you teach. So some days you can be the lunch lady. Some days you can be out on the playground (laughs) (laughs) raking leaves. Uh, Some days you can be physically or emotionally supportive to students who are in difficult times. So we have a lot of fluid rolls here, and everybody does a great job.
1: I did take a look at the lunch menu. You mentioned you were uh, <laughs> the lunch lady, and the food looks pretty good. How is it? got to say,
3: it comes yeah, from the university, yeah. so it's not too bad. There are some days that uh, the janitor gets a little upset. We serve uh, tacos, and most of our students cannot physically roll or eat a taco without yeah. it dropping on the ground. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, it comes from the college, and uh, the kids do it. Right.
2: most adventure ed to watch a, a student with, like, you know, <clears throat> physical limitations hold a tray with food, salad, and a full cup of milk. So, yeah.
1: That's an initiative right there, yeah. the yeah. current initiative here. The, the, <laughs> the lunchroom
3: is
2: where it's all going on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's where we put people when they
3: first come in, and if you can survive the first day of lunch, then you can, you yep, can work. can you're in. So the
1: whole adventure at foods curriculum Jeff yeah. and I created <laughs> is still alive at dangerous in one form or another or we didn't create it you created it here and we just use that in different day camps it's a little other. bit
3: different than when we work together and, and do adventure and food with foods and actually eat the food um, most mm. of our kids are allergic to something yeah. so we cannot uh, usually eat the food the adventure is getting
1: from one place to another with the food wow Let's pause for a second, Jeff. Can you yep. move the mic a little bit closer? Sorry, Phil. I'm going to make a little adjustment here and, and go ahead and talk with me real quick. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, that is yeah. better. All right. <clears throat> all right, here we Should go. Should I stay
3: up like this? Sorry.
1: Yeah. No, you're good. Okay. Uh, can either of you explain to <laughs> me? It's hard to even, <laughs> for those of you listening, it's hard to even look at them without laughing. It's just, Well, it's, we've got it, our it,
2: professional faces, uh, faces uh, on, which oh don't laugh at No, that's, yeah. that you're a complete <laughs> imposters, but, uh,
1: Oh, my goodness. But anyway, um, can either one of you kind of tell us the uh, history of adventure education here and how that all going? Because I did mention that we certainly feel you've been on the cutting edge of uh, learning for students with different challenges and um, how adventure education came here to Jengers.
2: Yeah, probably Jeff and I have little bits of the same story. Right. um, You know, essentially it started with with Mike Gesford and Chip Stotler probably over 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, coming back from, you know, some sort of symposium or conference and going, oh my gosh, this is it, you know. And um, they did everything they could. They brought in um, Justin McGlamory very early on and um, they did everything they could to, um, one, come up with a really great curriculum that's homemade for our students because we do have students that are essentially on cognitively probably the lower 5% um, or really impaired. And then we also, you know... um, Got funding to put a ropes course in, and
1: yeah. so I'll everything here
3: is super modified. So what Mike and Chip and Justin came up with in the beginning of the curriculum is just phenomenal. Um, because in the classroom, in the music room, in the phys ed room, every everything we do is modified for our students. Our students uh, would not do a regular high five type of adventure. Uh, and I think the other real key point, be, be, besides the three guys who really were the focus in the beginning of, the, of our adventure education, I think you have to have a. Excuse me. You have to have an administrator administration yep. that's no, behind it one hundred percent. No champion, no program. We gave up uh, a lot of classroom time, so the program started. It was three days a week, mm-hmm. all morning long, which was from nine a.m. to eleven thirty. Wow. So that's giving up a lot of classroom time. So you have to have an administration that really believes in it. I think Chip and Mike really sold it to them and did a great job. I think that's one of the really important things is that they got a lot of time to be with the
1: kids, to do adventure ed with them. Yeah. So And the population has changed quite a bit over the many years that adventure education has been here, where my understanding, if I have this correct, is in the early years – Students were a little bit more physically capable of doing the traditional initiatives and climbing, but that's changed over the years. Um, can you tell me a little bit about those changes? Sure, absolutely,
3: one hundred percent. When I started and when our started, uh, we were more of a social, emotional, behavioral school, which means that the kids were physically capable of doing a lot of things. You would do on a normal ropes course, you would do on a low ropes course, you would do initiatives, tags, games. However. As time went by, mainly due to economic reasons, uh, schools were keeping more of those children. Uh, They weren't coming to us, and we were getting more medically frail children. And and once we started getting more medically frail children, we really had to modify what we could do on a ropes course. Um, And right now, unfortunately, uh, our ropes course is coming down. And one of the reasons is we just don't use it as much as we need to. Uh, mm-hmm. In the last years of the ropes course, we were down pretty much to just being able to use the flying squirrel. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Kids were coming to us. Uh, we have, I think, ten high elements. Yes, yeah. And by the end of our use of the ropes course, it was becoming counterproductive. Kids wouldn't come off the ladder. The, you know, the, they right. didn't make it to the staples. And instead of building confidence by climbing, it was kind of a confidence shot in the arm. And so right. that, that, that was the demise of our ropes course.
1: But you've certainly kept all the philosophies well and alive here at Jengers in terms of challenge by choice, keeping things fun, functionally not, under, not necessarily understanding the old term, um, being creative, challenging yourself. Can you share with us some of the ways you do that now?
2: I think that was the catalyst for the school going in that direction, was Adventure Ed. Because we had to take all the stuff we got in these great books, Silver Bullets, and all these great games, and like, okay, now how are we going to do it with, you know, two of the students um, don't speak, three students don't move too much, you know, so we were having to adapt everything all the time. And where we would, you know, essentially before have, you know, just make it fit. Now we were... Making a concerted effort to how have the kids work on how are you going to help Joey be part of this, right. and instead of us doing the leading, and even then the teachers would come out and watch us do this, you know, for an, a morning, and then they'd realize, you know, they'd see another side of their student, the caretaker or whatever that they wouldn't mm-hmm. a- automatically see in the classroom with the student behind the desk, so they were able to move Adventure Ed into the classroom, and then we'd right. also notice like the, you know a few teachers would try to do an Adventure Ed thing before lunch or a nice calming adventure eddy thing that they used to call, you know, after lunch, you know, so it, they were adapting it into the classroom without us making it into a big deal.
3: Yeah, I, I think the modification that we do here is phenomenal. Uh, one quick example is, uh, I have one group of uh, one class with uh, a mixed group of students, some that are verbal, some that are not verbal, some that are functionally mobile, some that aren't. Uh, and we did the old game stepping stones, and mm-hmm. instead of using the regular stepping stones, what we did was we found oversized blocks that they could use, um, and so they could all stand on it together. They didn't have to get in each other's personal space, which is sometimes very hard for kids on the spectrum, uh, and it worked out great. It was you know just a phenomenal activity, and I think the kids got a lot out of it, and uh, it's. Just one example of how we modify
1: things here. Yeah. You do advanced facilitation every moment here. So, and, you know, in the general population, more and more, the thought is that we need to be doing more of that. Are there any general guidelines you would recommend, regardless of what the activity is, different philosophies you may have for modification?
3: I think for me, the, the number one thing that you have to work on is processing time. You have to speak, give a direction, and just wait it out. If you continue to give the direction, it just muddles the thought process. So the amount of processing time and and the stepping back and and waiting for a kid to give an answer, that's, I think, the the number one thing you really need to Mm -hmm. do when modifying for our population. Just be patient and wait.
2: And and I think Jeff does really well in in giving a quote-unquote instruction or direction, is that it's not so much a, a, an instruction. It can be interpreted by the kids in a bunch of different ways, which is right. hysterical because you're going to have someone who's intellectually disabled kind of get something from what Jeff said to do, and then someone who's a very high-functioning autist will get something totally different, so they're doing something else in the gym. And you'll you'll look in and like, oh, my gosh, I know this game, but it's being played in seven different ways, and Jeff's got all the balls yeah. in the air, <laughs> and they're all going to come out and process together later, and they're all realized they all played the same game right you know so like it, despite you know some kids don't like the sound in the gym and and some kids don't like it being touched and some kids don't like the feel of running and other kids have to run nonstop, um, hmm. they're all able to play the same game because they took the instruction and interpreted their in their own way and for their own needs and Jeff's great enough as to, to let them do that and not be jumping in saying that's not how we do it. You you never hear that out of Jeff. You know, it's always how you do it. That's a great way of doing it. That's (laughs) a different way of doing it, (laughs) you know. We
3: do things very differently, and I thank you for that. But uh, I think all the stuff I learned about the brain was from Doc, so she should take a lot of that credit. Um, And the other thing about modification for our kids with processing time is we had to learn that one of the things we do in adventure education for is the debrief. That's where you do all your learning. We do more of a pre-brief. We have to front load all the information to the kids, and then they go through it and do it. And when they come out on the other end after being successful, then they know why they were successful. They know how they did it. And so instead of doing the debrief, a pre-brief is more we preload all the information for them, and then they can really handle the situation and uh, feel good about it.
1: Yeah, because we're, you know, working with students in the general population that are more social, emotionally charged and can be triggered in all sorts of different ways. And I think that's a great strategy, more front-loading as a way to uh, help them through and create meaning out of what they're going and doing as they go along. All right, if we can change gears a little bit. So we've talked about an adventure here at Jengers. Would either of you mind up... uh, sharing any special moments that you can think of from your years here at Jangris with your students, either for you or for them.
2: Hi, (laughs) Jangris. We'll We'll get to your personal (laughs) life in a
1: minute. I think we were both thinking
3: that we have 10 zillion unbelievable moments from like super emotional moments to hilariously funny moments to just mind-boggling, baffling moments. Um, Can you pick I, one from each? I and, could probably give you one from each. Um, yeah. A, a mind boggling, baffling moment was I had a group out on the whale watch, and I expected this activity to take 30 minutes at least, maybe 45, you know, maybe an hour. Maybe they wouldn't get it. And the first thing was to balance out the whale watch. And so they placed each other around the whale watch. I said, okay, step on. They all stepped on. And it balanced perfectly. <laughs> and now
0: I'm looking at
3: 30 minutes to kill. And I got nothing for him. So um, what
1: I had well, I to do. I know you, Jeff. You Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Tell the next part of this. You're so, the master at modification. So and the next
3: modification was, okay, uh, why I'm trying to think of something to do while you're on the whale watch already killing this thing is that uh, I want you to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. So they sing that, and, uh, of course, I don't think of anything else to, to do mm. right na- right at that particular moment because the old switching people here and switching people yep. there with our population was rather difficult. And so I said, all right, uh, why I'm still killing time, sing Row Row Your Boat backwards, <laughs> which I thought, yeah. impossible, they'll never do it. <laughs> so, no, with our population, yep. one of our students on the spectrum, right from back to front, Nailed oh my it. goodness! And now, <laughs> and so that's a ba- That's one of my mind-baffling moments. I'll give uh, Arletta a chance to. Yeah. Can
1: you tell me what that sounded like? I can't.
3: Oh, um, no. I, I can't even. <laughs> I, 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 can't I, I can tell you it was, it was beat perfect. He didn't skip. He didn't think. Right. It just rolled backwards like you would be playing a tape backwards. Um, me, oh, I would have God. to say boat. Whoa, 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 something. Whoa. Yes, yeah. but he did. Oh he goodness. just went. Closed Without his eyes and bum Yep. Bar, bar,
2: bar, bar. yep. <laughs> I remember um, way back at the beginning. So I, I came back from doing adventure basics at High Five, mm-hmm. and I'm a newbie, and I come from the neuropsych field. So this, this fun stuff is just, like, mind-boggling that we're getting yep. to do this at school. So I am belaying someone, and I'm standing next to Chip. And we have a student who was a selective mute. And chose never to speak in school for probably 18 years, never spoke at school, never spoke outside of the home. And so the students, you know, very physically able and we give the whole, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to climb up this tree. And then when you go over there and you start with your left hand and he's nodding. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. So he's climbing up, and I'm I'm sweating a little bit because I'm first few times, yeah, and our kids are unpredictable. You know, sometimes they just jump off a tree. So I'm doing my best, little um, belaying. Got
1: the brake on. Yeah,
2: oh yeah, yeah. I'm breaking like crazy. The poor kid probably couldn't move. <laughs> and so <laughs> and Chip, being ever so nice, like, okay, give him a little slack, a little bit more, a <laughs> little bit more. So he gets up on the on the tree, and he has to step off, and then out comes the string of cusses that we had just. <laughs> Because we'd never heard him speak ever, and he had this, like, (laughs) baritone, awesome voice, but the cusses that came out were magical. I can't ask
1: you to do those. No, no. no.
2: (laughs) Chip and I looked at each other like, no, this is the best ever, because (laughs) after that, when he came down, he was able to, like, speak occasionally. Right. But it, wow. he needed that flush of emotion yeah. and to be like overwhelmed and ha- you know looking down and looking at Chip and I looking up at him and his teachers and being proud of himself and then being so scared that he was going to either wee or cuss and he cussed. <laughs> I and think the cussing
1: was a better the better choice. There, the cussing was the
2: best, and he came down and gave everybody a hug, which he wasn't a big hugger. Yep. And from then on, we could get him to like just one on one with someone, do wow. a little little talking. But that, that's a, what highlight. a
1: special moment. Huh? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, and just thinking if we just didn't do that, he would have gone on his last four years here not speaking.
3: Wow. Any others? Yeah, Yeah, speaking of emotional ones, I had uh, a student in my class who was hit by a car and suffered traumatic brain injury after that. Mm -hmm. And uh, his name was Jordan. He was named after Michael Jordan. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think both Arlette and uh, I, I like, might cry uh, at this, but yeah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to roll water the beer. soul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we were able to get him in a harness, uh, lift him out of, and, and all he wanted to do in his whole life was dunk a basketball. Yep. And so we got him on the Flying Squirrel, we got him in a harness, we were able to lift him out of his wheelchair, uh, we brought out a basketball hoop, and he was able to dunk, and that
2: was an emotional oh moment. we were playing, and played... I believe I can fly. And, so, and Jeff and walked did. out. Oh, my gosh. And Jeff was teacher man at the time, so he had his tie on and everything. And he held up this Nerf basketball hoop. And I think we invited his mom to yeah. come oh, and, like, yeah. hide in the woods to oh, see because oh we wanted him. So when everybody's kind of peeking out their windows. And... Then Jordan begins to cry because yeah. he's overwhelmed at this. Like he was flying, you know, when we had right. the song blaring and he had his Nerf ball and he jammed it hard, man. Yeah. It was great because <laughs> it was on his way a down. We had him dunk. fly up and bring it down, and here, bam! Yeah. It was the best. I think he Ooh. got
3: several dunks in. We needed a lot of photo opportunities. Yeah, it was a wonderful. It was
2: and unbelievable. He, oh, moment. he was crying. Mom was crying. It was. The I best. was
1: crying.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yep.
1: Well, that's why I say everyone here has a go-to-heaven job, meaning what you do for populations and people, um, regardless of what happens after you leave, you're still going to heaven for so what, what the wonderful things that you do for everybody.
3: Well, I always say, when we get up to see St. Peter, <laughs> oh, that's <right. laughs> I've done a lot of things that I'm not proud of in my life, but when we go up to see St. Peter, what's going to happen is he's going to say, uh, I'm looking over your chart here, you don't look so hot, you're not coming in. However, we have this kid back here yeah. who we don't know what to do with. <laughs> He's on the spectrum. Can you help us out? Yeah. And that's the only way. All right, you're it. in. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Holy cow. All right. If so can you share with us uh, a little bit of if you feel comfortable enough to share one adventure in your own personal life and how you've taken that a little bit further out of the Jangers walls and put it into your own life? I mean, I've been. I, I know both of you very well, so <laughs> yeah. I know there's many.
2: I'm trying to think, using adventure. Well, I mean, I uh,
1: or just general adventure in your life, like Arlette. I know that you're uh, I, Mount I, Washington I, numerous times. Yeah, um, yeah. and um, also have events in your home that are pretty special. Yeah, I have
2: a, a yearly Jessamount party. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, can you tell us yeah, a little bit about that? It, it What's the name in, of it?
2: Uh, the freezer <laughs> <laughs> off party happens in the backyard, <laughs> and we have, like, you know. Couple hobo barrels on fire going in the backyard, and so. But uh, ever since dabbled in the adventure ed, uh, oddly uh, games and adventure break out in my backyard. Um, yeah. Possibly the best. Like it's it's. It's a little hard trying to um, explain to the uh, neighbors why there's <laughs> Nicky <naked laughs> Barbies once and, and, and stuffed hamsters and animals on your roof. Because <laughs> the night before, we'd had a three-person slingshot, and yeah. we were tossing the animals over the house. And yeah. we all had our nets in the backyard trying to find yeah. them in the pitch black
1: um, in December. Billy Bob Horseshoes were one of them. Yeah, yeah. Can you explain that?
2: Um, well, we play horseshoes with toilet seats and rebar. Yeah. Yeah. How about um, schwingding? So Would you like to explain we schwingding quite a bit um, with with the little beverages? I want to see you
1: trying to explain that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, we got to explain. You can't. We can't talk about. Sh- wait, you want me to try and explain? Yeah, it? won't you? Yeah. It's, um, oh God, help me! But anyway, it, I noticed a very old adventure activity where you are. You are trying to balance on something, a piece of wood, a stump, or whatever else. We mm-hmm. were, I think, using okay. three-by-threes yeah. cut off in maybe three-foot sections. And then you try and balance on those. And then um, for those of you who are familiar with comet balls or um, foxtails, yeah. you then tuck that underneath your belt. And then you, you try and stay on top of the three-by-three three mm-hmm. with that hanging down and trying to knock over something like a... Tennis ball can or something else without falling off, and each participant tries that. And in your case, if I remember correctly, you won a prize yes, if you yep. could knock over whatever that may be. That Prize,
2: yes. Yeah. And what
3: would that prize be, generally?
2: A little beverage, oh. a yeah, little tiny was, little was, single serving yeah, beverage. It was a thing. beverage. Yeah. 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 And um, it's what's okay. the ring, the. Uh, with the ropes? Lord
1: of the Rings?
3: No, no.
2: Nope. Um, oh,
1: toxic waste, moving things around. Yeah, yeah but yep. what's the, and the other Or bull ring, bull ring, the bull ring. yeah. bull yep. ring.
2: We used to do the bull ring. Bull and, and rope and
1: hanging off the. Uh, and it would be a yeah. two inch so diameter Multiple
2: ring. people holding the bull ring in yeah. the backyard, and you'd have the bull ring would be a certain size that would fit a tiny, like, say, beverage.
0: Right? Yeah. So
2: if you had a person that couldn't use their hands, and you would bring the beverage to them and tip it. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah, think Jeff and way. I
1: modified – Jeff and I worked at Sunbrook River Summer Adventure for many years, and I think we modified more than a few of those activities when mm-hmm. we are on the ropes course with Adventure with Foods. But, Jeff, before I – I'm getting an image of you uh, at the at uh, Arlette's event at being very skilled at riding a snow <laughs>
3: shovel. <laughs> a modified sled <laughs> – yeah. modified shovel racing yeah. is
1: one of our favorite
3: events. Mm. Uh, oh, my where goodness. You, where you take a shovel – And you have a you turn it around and somebody sits on it and somebody pulls it and you run down the snow and that's one of my favorite events.
1: Snow golf. Yeah. When there was snow before climate change. Twinkie tennis. Yeah, Twinkie tennis. That's a good one. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so. I remember, um, yeah, we were doing these shovel races, mm-hmm. and um, a friend of mine that used to play basketball, she was probably, what, 6'8", 6'9"? Oh, oh, she Carol she's six Walters. Six Carol 11. Walters oh, came. Well-known, yeah, for those we of you don't know,
1: been. a star on the Yukon women's basketball team, national champion. Well, her and,
2: poor husband tried to move her around the yard, Her him being <laughs> six tall, that. and she being 6'9", 6'8". They They lost. It was. I think it's probably the only thing she's ever lost, so right. it's, know, it's it's
1: good she good got over it. That's it. adventure. Right. That's adventure. Failing right. forward yeah. there on a yeah. snowshoe. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. So. Jeff, anything else no, uh, for you?
3: One of the things I really, really love is bringing adventure to my kids. I have a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old right now, and... It's really cool to be the popular guy in the room when the kids come yeah. over and they want to play games with me. And uh, the other parents think you're cool because you're taking the kids away from <laughs> me for a while. So you're we'll go out and do some, uh, you know, no props, no problems to give yeah. uh, a little mm-hmm. a little shout out to the guys who wrote that book. And uh, so we'll go out and we'll do adventure and the kids love it. And then they come back and they want to play more adventure games. And I have brought them here to school and we played games in the gym. Not many people know this about me, but I also write poetry. I've brought it to talks that I've done uh, on poetry, uh, to my readings. I like to do a little bit of icebreakers. Um, One really good way to get kids to think poetry is funny is to have them recite it without showing their teeth, Uh, especially Shakespeare. So if they say, to be or not to be—that really loosens them up, and they they start to feel like, all right, so
1: this isn't so intimidating. This is this this can be fun too. Can so. you do any part of a poem that you can remember right now? And <laughs> i your teeth? I
3: I could do a
1: uh,
3: a poem that I wrote. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's a love poem. Okay, which is my specialty, really. Oh, which like I's not you. really true, but. Uh, The poem is called How to Write a Love Poem. And it goes like this How to Write a Love Poem. Start with a fresh piece of paper.
1: (laughs) And that's it. That's awesome. Holy cow. Thank you for being willing to share those stories. (laughs) They may make it in, or they may not. Uh, uh, <laughs> sir, whatever yeah. are, I'm sure there will be a lot. In the pause so you can
2: click. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um, uh, as you well know, High Five is celebrating its twentieth year, and Jengras including yourselves have been involved with High Five for many, many years, and always greatly appreciate your support with all that. Do you have a favorite moment while you were up at High Five? Or um, oh
2: gosh, so many. Yeah. I, I do remember my first symposium. Yep. And I was kind of used to then, you know, I was a freshly minted doctorate in psychology and neuropsych. Yeah. So going to conferences <laughs> was like, oh, you know, right. where you, you know, you wear your power suit and you know <laughs> some pumps, reasonable pumps, but pumps. You yeah. know, you need to be heard clicking down the hallway, and um, and it, you know, Mike and Chip were like, you know, yo, come up, you know, you just get your, you know, adventure ed. Like, a little program, and so let's go up, and you'll love these people, so I ask, like, what do you wear? And they're like, oh, what do you wear now? And I'm like, like, jeans. And they're like, yeah, that's what you wear. So I'm like, oh, right away, like, this is great. So I walk in, and right off the bat, you know, you you start off with a handshake, and then you're three people down, and... And Jim Grout is like bear hugging you, and so is Chris Ortiz. I'm <laughs> like, these are my people. Like, this is awesome. And that no one was trying to one-up anybody, or no one's talking about what they just published. They were doing the opposite and asking everybody else what they did. And yep. you know, and they remember the everyone chicken. and everything that you're up to. And they ask yep. a good question. And they never toot their own horn. Cause <laughs> I remember walking by and seeing in one of the offices the Stanley Cup, man, a picture of the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And unless you ask, like, well, what's that all about? They're like, oh, yeah, well, we run, you know, the Bruins through their thing. What? Like, and you would never know unless you ask them all the stuff that they've all done and branched off and done and come back and done. It's amazing.
3: Thanks for sharing. Jeff, how about you? Oh, I had so many really good memories of High Five. I love my time up there. Everything, every time I go, it's amazing. Uh, just have such a great time, and our let's set up. the camaraderie, nobody's trying to one up each other. Yeah, it's collaborative. It's not competitive. It's it's the best time. It really is. You're learning from unbelievable people. You're learning all kinds of new things. Um, some of my best memories, though, were from the
1: chip dip. Oh my God. And can, uh, can you explain that real quick? Okay, before? so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not sure that we
3: do the chip dip. Anymore. No, that it has right. been retired. Uh, yeah. no. And, and so, I'm, I'm happy and, about and that. And probably a good idea. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I know my doctor had said,
1: <laughs> uh, I'll pay you not to do it. Yeah, and I think uh, Jim Grout's happy. It's their executive <laughs> director. And and so, but anyway, happy. I did
3: have a good time doing the chip dip. And, and a little background on the chip dip. We talked about Chip and Mike, and unfortunately, both of those gentlemen have passed away. And that's, uh you know. It's a huge loss, not only for the adventure community, but for everyone. And, and when we were going up to do what was termed the chip dip, they cut a hole in the ice at the upper pond, yep. and you basically jumped in and dunked your head under the water and got out and then uh, warmed yourself by the fire. So I went up and <laughs> got ready, and we were doing a team event, so I partnered with somebody who was on my team, who I'd never met before, and... We had jumped in and it was freezing, and I was happy to do it. Got out, we earned some points for our team. And got out, warmed myself by the fire, got my robe on. It was all nice and toasty, dry, and warm. And our good friend Justin McGlamoury came up to me and said, I got nobody to jump with. Can you jump with me? And I knew
1: this was a bad idea. <laughs>
3: I knew jumping twice was oh, not yeah, going to go well. Chip, like, three times
1: in one yeah. afternoon.
3: <sighs> yeah, and that, that's not me. This yeah. is yeah. this is my nightmare. Cold yeah. water is my nightmare. And so I said, no. It's your kryptonite. And so he just looked at me and said, Chip would do it.
1: <laughs> oh, so in the Chip I had to yep.
3: And so I jumped, and in midair, I just shriveled up <laughs> <laughs> uh, electric, dove in, yeah. and the rest is history. So yeah. that, that's one of my favorite memories, and my other... Uh, ropes course memory up there is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, first day we were up there climbing, getting trained to yep. to be facilitators. Uh, in our group of about 10 people, there was a, a, a female, very slight, very slender, and they asked, who wants to go climb the vertical playpen? And she raised her hand right away and said, I'll do it said, who wants to go with her? And I thought, I'll be the hero. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll save her. I'll be the one who <laughs> helps her through this thing. Well, I raised my hand. I said, yes. She yanked me all the way off and all the way And from then oh, I said, okay, now oh, I know oh what I'm God. dealing with. Uh,
1: so. When you're talking about Mike and Chip, one of my favorite memories is uh, when we did the polar dip and Walking down the hill, for those of you not familiar at High Five, there's a pretty steep hill yeah. that goes down to the offices from the challenge course in the pond. And we were talking about the steep hill and how much, oh, we got to figure a way next year. We're going to figure out a way. And it was th- the thought was um, having two long skis and bolting three toilet bowls <laughs> to the skis, uh, like in a toboggan, a toilet yes, bowl, a toboggan. Yeah. But then, thank God, we did realize that uh, how would you bail out off a toilet <laughs> yeah. bowl, uh, a bunch of skis, and you probably get hurt. and, tuck and roll, That wouldn't yeah. do good things for a high five, yeah. either, yeah. so we, we kind of shelled that. That's but the that beautiful was my favorite thing about adventure ed,
3: though. You come up with the craziest ideas, yep. and yeah. nobody cares. Yeah. You, you do them, and you have fun with them, and you learn from yeah, them.
1: Yeah, thank God we had the common sense not to bolt those toilets. To <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: glad crazy. to have um, the last year we did the chip dip, because it used to be the polder dip. Yep. Then Chip pass and it yep. was renamed. But I got to do the last one with my daughter, Second Generation oh, right, Adventure. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. there's
1: pictures of that somewhere yeah. at High Five so, uh, as well. Yeah,
2: we had... Uh We'd written on our arms, Mike and Chip, because yeah. they weren't there, but they were there in spirit. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And Chip's uh, Chip loved uh, High Five so much that he made a birdhouse one year, and it had the High Five logo as the op- logo for, as the opening for the uh, birdhouse, and um, that is in our trainer's office That's, with uh, his hat somewhere. Yeah. Uh, well, it's up on up on a ledge, which is pretty good. I that hat is still alive, still in this office. Yeah. So, um, speaking of remembrances, up at the uh, High Five, uh, underneath the upper. Course,
3: yep, there's a sign with Carl
1: Ronke's. Yeah, boots. unfortunately, the song the this for whatever reason the sign is gone, but tell on that was the, the, the boots. Are
3: yeah. a, I hope the boots are still up there? I don't know if they're or not because they're getting pretty weathered, but
1: yeah, no, they've disintegrated. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but inside the boots, uh, a little piece of Mike was put in there, and
1: yeah, smidge love Mike. He loved being up there. He oh, loved high five, love both those guys. Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh, the
2: picture back there. There you go,
1: yeah, we're looking at pictures yeah. on the wall here as well, yeah, the special memories. All right, well, thank you so much for your time. Two of my most favorite people on the planet, and two people that we know because they're working at Jenger's with another 140 staff. They're all going to heaven or a higher place when they leave here, regardless of how that happens, because we certainly for know your Mike and to Chip. God's ears. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for being here.
3: Thank you. Thank you. This was great.
1: Tons of fun. And this is the first podcast I've done where I've been laughing so, so hard, my nose is running. <laughs> so thank you for that.
3: Thanks for listening. And do it again. Thanks for listening.
0: And can you say, uh, thanks for listening to High Five. Thanks for listening to High Five. (laughs) And then what about, thanks for listening to High Five's
2: podcast.
0: Can you do it? Okay, try
2: Thanks for giving us a good pasta, guys! I remember doing my training too and realizing like I am the only one that's like got a real fear of heights here. Like this is not fun. And they all began to kinda of catch on a little bit because like we well, now we're gonna do this. Who wants to do it? And I'll be like, please God me first, please God me first, me first, me first I don't wanna watch this yeah. at all. Like, yeah. you know and so I mean, I think it's useful to be scared to death when you're asking other people mm-hmm. to do stuff they're Absolutely. scared to death because I was feeling a bit like a wonk wonk when everybody was just so capable up there. And, like, physically I was capable. I could oh, hang right, out there forever, yeah. but just just did not have the confidence that everybody yeah. else did. I was thinking, how am I going to be a person in charge of keeping <laughs> other people safe and making them feel safe, you know, when but you're who would kind of, like, claiming be better than you hands?
1: to understand well, what that's like? And that's, that's what a they –
2: Helped me realize that I was all kind of like tweaking out for nothing, and because it's good to be have a little healthy fear and not be like, what that? Why? Why? Just go for it, man. You know. I gotta laugh. What you got? (laughs) I'm sorry. I just thought of you and I
1: trying
3: to trim the trees.
1: Yeah, we were going to do maintenance, hanging off claws and belays and getting all bloody, bumping (laughs) into stuff. He goes up there. Yeah, go ahead.
3: He goes up to do the catwalk. It had been overgrown, and so we brought shears up there, and we we harnessed in. We figured it would be a lot easier to to go up on harness. He goes across the catwalk, and he's like, okay, lower me down a little bit. All of a sudden, I can't hold him. He just comes <laughs> all the way down to the ground.
1: Yeah, we're like scratched. the Keystone cops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was my it gosh. slow-mo? Did you yeah, guys meet yeah, each yeah, other? Was, like,
2: okay. They were banging
1: into nubs, cutting my legs and stuff. <laughs> we,
2: came, we were bloodied.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That was fun. Oh. So.
2: I'm super fearful of speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over it.
3: Okay. <clears> all right. If I'm American going into the bathroom and American coming out of the bathroom, what am I in the bathroom? A
1: European. European.
2: (laughs) (laughs)